Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we welcome back Bob Dr. McLevitis. He's still looking for a replacement for Intuit's Quicken on his Mac running Lion. We'll hear from Kirk McLehern with a support problem or nightmare with Apple. Jeremiah Fowler tells us about a great program called Mac Keeper. We'll hear from Daniel Aaron Dilgert on the death of Flash and more this week on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> with Bob, Dr. McLevitis. The first thing he said to me before I click the record button is, bad puns are what, my friend? Bad puns are the soul of wit. No, bad puns are uh, the highest form of humor. Okay, give me a bad pun. I'm using Mac OS 10.7, and I ain't lying. <laughs> bad. Bad, um, I need some sound effects, some bombs. Not that kind of sound effect. You want a startup chime? Might be able to pull no, off no. startup chime. No. Nope. No. Okay. No startup chime. Okay. I think I can think of some other sounds, like the sound of a bomb going off. That's <laughs> always sound, a good one. Or the sound of a million people groaning. Oh. Yes. I have some bad Herman Cain jokes, but I don't want to do that. We don't do politics on the show, do we? We do whatever we want. Oh. Okay. It's my show. I can do whatever I want. As long as the network gives me the freedom to do what I want within a few constraints, such as the seven dirty words that were mentioned by George Carlin are not permitted here. Wait a minute. You mean I can't say? <laughs> That's right. I, I know all seven, too. Well, I think with variations, he once did 300. Well, that's possible, but I know the seven that he uh, mentions. I assume your children taught them to you. Yes. Of course. My late mother-in-law taught me words that I could never imagine knowing. It was no, I used to have a radio show, okay. and I remember having them uh, listed, so I'd remember not to say them. I have a little sign on my desk. Well, Don't say, oh, beep, beep. You got a beeper there? No. I can we embed beeps. a seven-second delay? They actually do air the show with a seven-second delay. They do. They don't Just trust Just in case me. you sent them a bad tape. Right, a very bad tape. Wait, do we use tape anymore? No, we just use ones and zeros, but we still say tape. We still have that tradition. You know, it's interesting, when I studied broadcasting in college, my main instructor said, if you ever utter one of those words, he didn't say seven dirty words, he just said, you know, you utter one of those words, you will have no career. So then I'm listening to a show on Sirius XM satellite radio. <laughs> Would that be the Howard Stern show? No, it's not the only show that uses those seven dirty words. One, but he uses them every every day. And every sentence. But no, this was an old-time radio announcer named Alex Bennett. No, not Alex Jones, who's the flagship act for the GCN network. Alex Bennett, old-time radio disc jockey, he uses those words. But that's not real. that's not real radio. Of course not. Of course, some people say this isn't real radio, although we are heard on real radio stations. So there you go. Well, then this, this is real radio. If it's terrestrial and it's broadcast over the air, that makes it radio to me. It is real radio. You are on a real 100% radio station. Of course, after hearing this, you might not be. But let's get into our main subject. Speaking... What is our main subject? Well, we're not going to... We never got to that. No, we're going to start with that. We're not going to main this week. Okay. So there's no main subject. Ha, 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 ha. See, I could do them, too. Oh, man. All right. 
That's the highest form of humor. That's right. And I think you have to be high to appreciate it. That's the reason why they say it's the highest form of humor. Okay. We were hoping That's to see different. iTunes match this week. We were hoping to see it last week. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we are doing this show, well, before you actually hear it. Okay? It is being taped. Wait, you're, you're doing this before I actually hear it? Well, we're speaking to the listeners, not to you. Okay. Although I, I thought you, I thought you had conquered the time-space continuum. We do on the other show, the Paracast. iTunes <laughs> Match, this feature where Apple will match up to 25,000 of your songs that you didn't buy from iTunes for twenty-four ninety-nine a year. It was supposed to arrive the end of October. And in the first part of November, into the second week of November, we do not see it yet. So... In advance of that, what are your expectations, Bob Levitas, Dr. Mack, about iTunes Match? Well, I think it'll be very cool to not have to... You know, the, the thing is, none of my devices, except my Mac, and even then, it, it, it's not big enough without external storage, but none of my devices will hold all my music, much less all my music and movies and every all the other stuff I'd like to carry around. So it'll be pleasant. I've got, um, I think, about 12,000 songs now. Yes, but the big so, question is, of those 12,000 songs, how many are not acquired from iTunes? Probably 90%. Okay, so the theory I, I being bought, here... I bought a couple of thousand, and the rest, the rest I either ripped myself or... Um, they mysteriously landed on my hard disk. Okay, the ones that mysteriously landed on your hard drive. This is How many of those are going to end up matched? That's what the question is here. The big question being here, if you got a song that you got, for whatever reason, from a place that maybe some consider not quite kosher, okay? All right? Not quite kosher. Yeah, I, I buy all my songs at kosher deli. Okay, so this wasn't acquired at a kosher deli or one of those places, it was acquired, shall we say, freely. When Apple picks that up, will they simply match it with the equivalent iTunes version? I kind of think they will. Actually, they, they go one better. They're going to replace it. If, if, if you have something that they don't have in their library, they won't replace it. They'll upload yours to the library, and it'll be available from, from the match jukebox, but you'll only have your version of it. Exactly. Now, if, if it's something that they have, and, you know, they have, what, millions of songs. Six million or something like that. Even if you didn't buy it from them, what you'll get when you use the match service is a high high resolution. I think it's 256 KAAC. Right, right. Now, the thing I wonder about here is what if you get a tune from an album that has since been remastered? And we know, for example, the Beatles had the first version of their CDs came out in the 1980s. And a lot of us bought them. Then they had a remastered version a couple of years ago. They now have the digital version online. The question being, I have my legal Beatles albums that I bought in the 1980s, and I rip them onto iTunes. Will Apple then match them with the equivalent of the remastered versions? Now that remains to be seen. I don't know. I didn't check, but I actually have, uh, for some Beatles songs, both versions. I have the original CD version and the 2000s remastered versions. And in some cases, I also have the mono version. So it'll be interesting to see what, what, what Apple matches and what they don't. 
Because I don't think that, I, I guess they do sell the mono box set now. So they'll probably match the mono versions. I don't know about the remastered versus the original mastered, or whatever they call it. Well, them. that goes for not just the Beatles, but a lot of artists. You know, the Doors. There's a version of the Doors that came out in the mid-1980s, and then a few years later, they came out with a digitally remastered version, a better version. I mean, the original version sounded thin, lacked bass, etc., etc. The newer version sounded more robust. And I remember my son, as a teenager, getting into music as a musician. We bought The Doors back in the 80s, Best Of or something like that. And he said, no, I've got to have another copy of this. Because this one... The remastered, digital remaster yes. with, with all the enhanced uh, highs and lows. All the enhanced schmutz. Right. Well, it's just a way to get you to buy the same music again. <laughs> How many times have you bought the Beatles uh, library? I bought it at least three times. I remember buying it on album, on vinyl, and then I remember buying some of them again on either 8-track or cassette, and I do remember buying some on CD. In fact, I have the box set on CD here. The subject is iTunes Match, our wishes, hopes, and expectations. With Bob, Dr. McLevitis, coming up more on the Tech Night Out Live. Hey folks, in today's fast-paced work environment, getting everyone in the same room for a meeting can be challenging, especially when they work in different locations. And that's why I use GoToMeeting with HD Faces by Citrix. It is amazing. You can collaborate online by sharing your presentation. While seeing colleagues face-to-face in high definition, they can hide their blemishes. Video quality is so clear and natural, it's like being in the same room. And all you need is an internet connection with a webcam It's that easy. So here's what I can do. For example, on the Paracast, which I host with my friend Chris O'Brien, we live in different locations. We need to share something, a document or something like that. All I have to do is call him up with GoToMeeting, and I say, Chris, take a look at this, and he said he's ready to go. You can try GoToMeeting with HD Faces free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, enter the promo code PODCAST, use the promo code PODCAST. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, November 11, 2011. Gold opened this morning at 1772.60. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1816.21, 908.11 for a half ounce, or 454.05 for a quarter ounce. That's 1816.21, 908.11, and 454.05. Gold isn't for you? Hi, I'm Ted Anderson, and I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed the government is doing a great job. The Fed will stop handing out trillions like bailout candy, but that's not what's happening. If all looks rosy, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked while gold has risen 1,600%. Savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well. Free. Call 800-686-2237. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
Ready for cold and flu season? Now's the time to get ready and save during the pre-winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Stock up on powerful, natural flu fighters like olive leaf extract, elderberry power, and grapefruit seed liquid. Don't forget your vitamin D3 this winter. Right now, HerbalHealer.com has 120 soft gels, 1,000 IUs on sale for only $9. And remember, HerbalHealer.com offers eFoods Global Products, delicious, premium, storable foods that contain no MSG. No trans fats, no GMO, and have a 25-year shelf life. Click the eFoods link on HerbalHealer.com and try eFood storable meals for free. Bookmark HerbalHealer.com, then experience live chat, correspondence courses, and sign up for our free newsletter. As always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and hit the pre-winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. Hi, this is Alex Jones. This holiday season, more than half of our nation is in need of help due to the shattered economy. So now is the time to express the holiday spirit more than ever. Consider helping those you love with the most important gift, a supply of delicious, easy to fix, and very storable foods from eFoodsDirect.com. Their holiday gift and family pack start at $99 for a 16-day supply. All their five-week supply of quick and easy-to-fix meals includes a personal backpack in case of a grab-and-go emergency. Order their combo gift pack, and you'll save hundreds, plus get free shipping on your entire order. Call eFoods today at 800-409-5633 or visit them online at eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex to find the special. That's 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoodsDirect. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. With Bob Dr. Maclevitis, we explore on the table iTunes match at $24.99, up to 25,000 tunes supported. Apple will match with their own library the 256K AAC version of what you have and how we're considering how closely they will match what you have with their equivalent. And if you don't, you can upload it. Julie, so, ask me about think, the Beatles. I don't think it matters because if the version that's in the iTunes match jukebox that you get when you, when you use iTunes match isn't the version that I want. If I've got that version, I'll just load that onto my device. I have the Beatles CDs in the 1980s. I bought the original Beatles LP records. I did not buy cassettes because I never accepted cassettes as a really valid music medium. I bought three or four of them, thought the quality was really bad, so it was LP. It was. it was LP to CD. So I bought the Beatles albums at least twice, sometimes to replace a worn-out record. Okay, I didn't buy the remastered version of the 2000s. So now, with my complete Beatles collection, I've got to see what Apple does. I'd yeah, rather have the digital remastered version. It sounds a whole lot better. I think so, too. I would prefer remastered versions of everything. but. I'm not positive that 
I would even notice listening on my iPhone. You will. You, know? you will with a decent headset. If you got yeah, the 19... with a decent headset, in, in, yes, but in my car, I don't know that I would hear it. Which is where I listen to a lot of music, not all, but. What's hands on your car radio? Some of those car radios have 18 speakers, surround sound. They basically have all sorts of wacky stuff to get you to buy the option. Not my car. Well, <laughs> you have a Mini Cooper, right? No, I have an Audi, and I have a cassette adapter because it doesn't have an AUX port. What's the quality on an Audi? Um, I've got six or eight speakers, and you know it's okay. I don't. It's not even the upgraded uh, system. It's the stock. You know, the stock radios the, on Audis aren't good. The stock radios on BMWs aren't good. No, no, and that surprises and the stock radio, me. That, the stock radio on the Mini Cooper wasn't that great either. Well, that surprises me too because you think if you're spending thirty-five, forty-five, fifty thousand or more for a luxury automobile. First and foremost, forget the option list. The standard vehicle should include a really good radio, and they don't. Well, that's, that's the problem. The problem is you can't forget the option list because that's where they make their money. Oh, I know. They want to sell you the upgrade. Well, you have to think about upgrading anyway, like a BMW or a Mercedes. You go to Germany, they're taxi cabs. So they take the same car, they add $20,000 of options, you know, fancy seats, wood paneling and all this stuff, extra options, all these safety features. So if you breathe in the car, it says you're breathing the wrong way, stop. If you accidentally drift out of lane, they beep at you or someone knocks you in the head. All this stuff adds to the price of the car. But you, look at the movies. Look at the movies where they show taxi cabs in Europe, BMW, Mercedes. Got to think about it. Wait, is Europe still there? I don't know what the way the politics are. You have to wonder. Speaking of what might not be there, okay, it might be going away. There's news this week from Adobe. Now, Adobe is doing one thing which is really, really unfortunate, but they've done it before. They're getting rid of about 750 employees. That's about 7% of their workforce. Now, just to add to this, two years ago, they shed... 680 employees. So they're dumping a lot of people. Unfortunate. But it looks like they're going to abandon development of the mobile version of Flash. Right now, the mobile version of Flash only works, at least the more recent version, with the BlackBerry Playbook for all three people who bought that. And with... Wait, they sold three of them? I think they sold three. Maybe they sold a couple to the co-founders of the company. <laughs> who may not be there very long. Well, that may be another story. BlackBerry is getting its butt handed to them. Well, anyway, they also had a version of Mobile Flash for the Android platform. Right. Now, those who try these, they can tell you, yeah, it kind of sort of works, but also uses up lots of battery juice. Battery. It's right. buggy. It crashes. A lot of features on a regular website are not supported with touch-based systems. So, so wait a minute. Does that mean that Steve was right? Steve Jobs said about a year ago that the reason they're not putting Flash on the iOS is because Adobe never produced a version that was reliable. So, of course, if you look at the version that's available, look at the version that's available on, for example, Android platform, it's not reliable. It kind of sort of works, but not very well. 
So, yes, Steve Jobs was right. Of course, Adobe isn't going to admit that. They say, well, of course, we will continue to provide bug fix support after the next version is released. But they're emphasizing the Air platform, which allows you to create iOS apps from Flash. It's a conversion utility, and Apple apparently allows that to happen. For a while, they weren't going to, but they are. Well, you know, it's funny because people would ask me pretty often, um, people who didn't use iPhones would say, but they don't run Flash, so you miss the Internet. You miss the real Internet. And I, I thought to myself, I can't remember the last time I hit a site that, I couldn't use because it was Flash. Uh, there were some restaurants early on, but I think they figured out that they were losing business when mobile users couldn't look at the menu. So uh, I can't remember the last time I hit a site and got one of those, this site requires Flash alerts on my iPhone or iPad. My wife goes to a lot of fashion-related sites or beauty-related sites on the iPad too, and she frequently comes over and says, wait a minute, what's going on here? I can't get this. It says Flash. And I said, don't worry about it, my dear. They will soon figure it out. Well, yeah, you lose enough business, you got to figure it's not the right deal. And with more and more people using their mobile devices um, for Internet, you know, a lot of their Internet access, I know I use my iPad a lot and a lot more than, I used to use my computers, you know, I would definitely, I would say I've shifted probably a third of my web browsing to the, to the iPad just because it's so pleasant to walk around the house, put it down, pick it up. So, you know, just, it, it just is so much nicer than walking around the house with a MacBook Pro in your hand. I think that, you know, anybody that uses Flash loses my business and there's got to be millions of people like me. So I think everybody out there that's in commerce that hosts a website has figured out that they need to, um, if not switch, at least create a parallel site for mobile browsing that doesn't use Flash. And I've seen lots of sites that have done that. I think um, in the future, all of the all of what's good about Flash. Wait, if there is anything good about Flash, all of what is good about it will be uh, available in in. What is it, HTML5? That's it, yes. Well, that's what's going to happen. But so, before we get into HTML5 and Flash, we're going to flash a few announcements at you. We have Bob Levitis on the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S 
Attack, Attack of the Rockwood, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Did you know nuclear radiation is still spewing out of the melted-down reactors in Fukushima, Japan, and making its way across the entire U.S. continent, contaminating the air, water, and food? Dangerously high levels of radiation are a reality here. As a result, radiation poisoning is a distinct possibility for anyone living in the U.S., unless you do something to protect yourself. How? With Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Without a doubt, Liquid Zeolite is by far the best product to remove radiation from your body. It safely removes toxins and heavy metals, boosts energy levels, and promotes a strong immune system. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee, but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite by calling 800-880-9976. That's 800-880-9976. Or go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Warning, this content is powerful and may cause others to reject your knowledge. If you want to know what happened to America, if you like cutting-edge information, if you need to convince someone that something different than what they believe is actually taking place, and to experience the true history of America you won't find anywhere else, get the new book, Satan's Show. Satan's Show is a hard-hitting look at what many know as the Antichrist and proof of a mind-control agenda. Learn how America was tricked into entering World War I and get over nine hours of audio and over 700 reliable web links. Satan's Show is available in ebook and audio downloads. Click the special offer for $14.99 and you'll receive both, plus Operation Northwoods on audio free with purchase. Download today at satanshow.com. You will be shocked. You will be amazed. Satanshow.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Bob Levitas. It's a Tech Night Out Live. We continue. We were talking about the fact that Adobe, in addition to planning to shed 750 of their hardworking employees, is going to stop development of mobile flash except for bug fixes, urging everyone to go to HTML5. But, of course, you have to look at Adobe's situation. They spent billions of dollars to buy macromedia for two purposes, I think. One, to get flash. Two, to kill Macromedia Freehand, their only rival when it came to digital illustration. Not that there aren't others, but 
That was the one that was yeah. their biggest rival. In fact, I think there's a clash action lawsuit about that. Well, I know that the freehand users were none too happy when uh, freehand was retired not too long ago, a few years ago. Exactly. Because the illustrator's not freehand. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure that one's better than the other, but if you used one and that was your main axe, being told that you can't use it anymore doesn't sit well. Speaking of which, remind me that when we get done ranting about Adobe, we should rant about Intuit. Ah, yes. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's continue the Adobe rant for a few more minutes, and then we'll go. I'm on. writing myself a note because that's right. important. Okay, go. Let's keep this organized. Okay. I'm try that's what I'm trying. I just wanted to remind you. Okay. So you didn't hang up without covering the lion Intuit tale of woe. Yes. The okay. quicken conundrum. Okay, so basically, the message is here that, folks, if you have a website with Flash, ditch the Flash content as soon as you can. There are some conversion utilities. I know I did that early on with the Flash menus. I have one site, the one devoted to the science fiction novel, Attack of the Rockoids, where we have a Flash-based video and a couple of other minor things. That's going to be converted soon. And then I'll be relatively Flash-free. I mean, we have forums, and if people post Flash content, that's fine as long as it runs. But otherwise, ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Okay, so Adobe is seeing the light. Steve Jobs was right. Flash buggy, malware-prone, uses excessive battery life. In fact, I posted a challenge to Adobe. They never answered it. And the challenge was simple. The challenge was, okay, folks, if you think that you can produce a reliable version of Flash on the iOS platform that will answer the objections from Apple, all you have to do as iOS developers is produce one on a test bed. Show us a YouTube video of Flash running on iOS device efficiently. Couldn't do it. Never answered. So there you go. Goodbye, Flash. Yes. And remember also, oh. Windows 8 is not going to ship with Flash bundled. So if you upgrade to Microsoft Windows 8, just as with Mac OS X Lion, you want Flash, you have to download your copy yourself. And by the way, I did see that there's a malware that poses as a Flash updater. Did you see that? There have been those from time to time. That's nothing new. No, this one's recent, like this week. Oh, boy. A new malware that acts like the Flash updater, and it pops up on your screen. It looks exactly the same. I got a note from uh, one of the virus people. I mean, I, I tend not to uh, take what they send me too seriously because they are always crying wolf. But in this case, they had a screenshot of it, and it looked I, – I might have even clicked it if I wasn't so paranoid that I don't click anything that just pops up. <laughs> my, my policy is if something pops up on my screen, I quit my browser and go back where, where I was or go directly to the website. So, you know, in the case of this, I would go to Adobe's website and download Flash because I figure Adobe probably doesn't have the malware version. But stuff that just pops up on your screen while you're browsing the web scares me. People are social, social engineering. People are just so used to the Mac being malware-free that they click OK without thinking. And in, in some cases, it could cause them problems. There's still nothing that I know of that replicates and spreads in the wild without the user actually saying okay and typing their password usually. But people do that without thinking because we've been protected for so long. Do you run antivirus software? No. 
But I advise people, I think probably they should, even though it's not right for me. Do as I say, and, not as I do. And there's another, anyway. Well, we were talking about Adobe, Adobe installer posing, malware posing as the Flash installer. Mm, I don't know. Well, if you don't use Flash, you don't have to worry about it. That's true. Let me just give you, uh, listeners, here's a general tip. If something pops up on your screen and you're not sure why or what, don't click OK and don't type your password. Quit the browser and go to the website that purports to be the host. So if you get something that says your, uh, your flash needs updating and you don't know why it popped up on your screen, quit your browser, then open it again and go to Adobe and download the flash updater from Adobe. Because stuff that pops up on your screen could be bad for you. And, and if it's bad for you, um, you could very well type your password, click OK, and install something that's icky. And what I was saying was, I don't know of anything that spreads in the wild. I don't know of anything that's a real virus that, you know, just jumps onto your computer by opening an email or something. But I do know of, of several exploits that use social engineering. And because Mac users are, for the most part, so trusting and used to being able to type their password and install new stuff, um, I think there's a risk for some, and I do advise most people, if they're worried about it, to install antivirus software because there's going to come a time when something bad gets out there for the Mac. And if you're not like us, you won't know about it until it's too late. I figure I'll know about it before it's too late. And if not, I'm such a nut about backing up that I, you know, even if it destroyed everything, I could be back up in an hour. I could be back up and running without any loss of data in an hour or two. So, so Bob Levitis has just admitted, me. ladies and gentlemen, that he is a nut. I'm a nut. I'm a nut about backing up. I'm paranoid. There's only two kinds of Mac users, the ones who have lost data and the ones who are gonna. Right? I agree with that. I agree with that totally. Okay. So you should back up your stuff. Now, let's move on to topic number two about problems. Obviously, we don't have to worry about Flash, I think Flash will disappear on the desktop before long. may take a few years for webmasters to get with the program, but it's going to happen. Okay, now we have... I read, I read 2015. The year 2015 was when 90% of all web browsers would be HTML5 capable or savvy or friendly, but I don't understand that since every browser I know of already supports it on the Mac. Right. Okay, so let's look at the other conundrum here. The Lion Quicken Conundrum, okay? Yes. Right. Now, understand here that one of the earliest personal finance programs on the Mac platform was Quicken. Let's understand also that Intuit, the publisher of Quicken, has had kind of a love-hate relationship with Apple. I mean, they've actually had people on the board of directors of Apple, right? Bill Campbell, the CEO, used to work at Apple, and, you know, he, uh, he definitely gets Apple. Whoa. He gets Apple, but unfortunately he doesn't get his programmers to build products for him. Well, I just had a client asking me about upgrading to Lion, and we had this conversation just like an hour before we started this radio show. And she wanted to know what, what was going to, you know, what were the possible downsides, and I said, do you use Quicken? She said, yes. I said, well, the first downside is if you upgrade to Lion, you can't even export your data, much less put it into a different program. That's a problem. Luckily, she consulted with me before she decided whether or not to do Lion, so it worked out. 
Um, and now she understands, but she was shocked that Intuit has had, when did Apple switch to Intel? Like early 2000s? Okay, the announcement was made. I'll be very specific about this. The first announcement about going to Intel after the rumors arose in the Wall Street Journal, it was confirmed by Steve Jobs during the Worldwide Developers Conference in 2005. At the following okay. year, Apple would move from the PowerPC platform to the Intel platform. The first Macs with Intel inside appeared in early 2006, okay? 2006, the first Macs with Intel inside. Inside our studio, virtually anyway, is Bob Dr. Maclevitis. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Storable foods, check. Water filters, check. Gold and silver, check. Tactical gear, check. What's missing from your survival checklist? An essential that should not be taken for granted. Storable vitamins and nutritional supplements. Since many foods do not contain the essential micronutrients your body needs, you need Survival RX, the world's first ultra-long-term storable vitamins and nutritional supplements. How long? Survival RX products have a shelf life of up to 30 years, thanks to triple nitrogen flushing for guaranteed freshness. Go to survivalrx.com for our complete product list including powdered milk and whey protein isolate. And remember, November is Nuclear Disaster Preparedness Month at SurvivalRx.com. With every order until November 30th, you will receive a free bottle of potassium iodate. Just enter coupon code RADIO. Go to SurvivalRx.com. That's survival, the letter R, the letter X.com. Add SurvivalRx.com to your preparedness checklist today. Survival of the fittest. In any and all situations, survival is your number one priority. That requires being tough and thinking smart. And the folks at Freeze Dry Guy are going to help you do just that. They have the long-range patrol ration entrees, what they call the Brick Pack. When you're in survival mode, it is absolutely the best item for your survival pack or bug-out bag. You can go farther, faster, and carry more food with the LRP cold weather ration entrees. Not only do these long-lasting, durable entrees help sustain you or your family through the harshest environment or situation, they are by far the most delicious of their kind. No contest. With a variety of tasty entrees, you can't beat the LRP Brick Packs. 
Let Freeze Dry Guy help you in your survival situations. Go to freezedryguy.com. That's freezedryguy.com. Or call 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-FOOD. You have storable food, filtered water, even shelter. But do you have a way to start a fire immediately? Now you can with InstaFire, a revolutionary, safe, simple, and versatile fire starter. InstaFire is a patented blend of volcanic rock, wood pellets, and paraffin wax that gets a fire blazing in just minutes. So just add water to your survival food and enjoy a hot meal in no time. InstaFire is self-sustaining fire and even starts right on top of snow or water or in any severe weather, even 40-mile-per-hour crosswinds. Sound incredible? It is. Check it out at InstaFire.com. A must for any preparedness kit, InstaFire easily lights with matches or flintlock lighters, is environmentally friendly stores easy with a 30-year shelf life is lightweight comes in a variety of sizes and starts at a buck 25 for a single pack or only 59.95 for a five gallon pail with free shipping go to instafire.com spelled i-n-s-t-a fire.com or call 888-482-4868 that's 888-482-4868 safe simple versatile instafire you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Bob, Dr. McLevitis on the Tech Night Owl Live. We're talking about the Quicken conundrum for Lion. Okay, so as I said before our break, Apple announces in 2005 we go to Intel, the first MacBook, MacBook Pro, etc., coming out early in 2006. Lion supports every Mac that was built from the end of 2006 when they went to the 64-bit Intel chips to the present day. Okay? So now, 2006, Apple goes to Intel. The developer tools are able to make universal apps working on PowerPC and Intel. So in 2007, Quicken... 2007 is released. PowerPC, not Intel. They then develop something called Quicken Essentials, which is the Intel version. You can't do bill pay, you can't track stocks, key features missing. It's a feature-limited version. So there you go. That's the story. So basically, Intuit's had all those years to build an Intel-compatible version. It's 2011. What's going on? I don't know, but no other major developer that I can think of has been struck by this. Um, There are some small apps, I guess, that haven't been supported in a while, but the fact here is Intuit made the conscious decision not to update Quicken so it would run uh, on Lion or on Intel processors. In the past, up till Mac OS 10.6, Apple provided emulation in the operating system, which let you run these old PowerPC apps. But like you said, for seven years now, we've known that they were going to end of life soon. We didn't know exactly when until Lion was announced, but Apple made it very clear that those apps were end of life. They were going to stop working at some point in the relatively near future. And I can't think of another major developer that ignored that and didn't update their products. Even some minor. I can't think of any minor. I mean, I look through the list of what I've got that's not going to work, and I've got a lot of old software that's 
shareware and freeware that won't work, but I only had a couple of major programs. AppleWorks was one, interestingly, but Apple made it very clear five years ago that AppleWorks was end of life, that it was being replaced by the, the iWork apps, and I, it's no surprise that it doesn't run under Lion. Plus, they, they have a viable replacement for it, I think. You know, I really think more than viable. I, I never thought AppleWorks was much of a program for doing the things you do in it, but it served a purpose. It was inexpensive, and it combined graphics and text and numbers and data. And, you know, you could, you could do a lot of Microsoft Office-y stuff at a much, on a cheaper, easier piece of software. But I also think that I work at $79.00 does most of that also and does it a lot more elegantly. And if you're an iDevice owner, the integration is wonderful. You know, it's really nice to work in pages on all of your devices and have your uh, documents automatically be saved wherever you are. So you open stuff and, you know, on your, on your iPad and then go work on it on your Mac and then go work on it on the iPad, and it just works. And it's interesting, too, if you go and buy the version of the iWork apps from the App Store, the Mac App Store for Lion users and also for Snow Leopard users. Pages, $19.99. Numbers, $19.99. Keynote, $19.99. You save money. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if they stopped selling it on disk, and they may have, for all I know. I think they cut out all their consumer software on disks right now. So if you want to buy their products, you got to get... <laughs> to the Mac App Store, but you need Snow Leopard or Lion. There you go. Now, if you don't have a Mac that can run it, you're out of luck, folks. That's another conundrum, too, I want to ask you in our next segment. But right now, let's just continue with this discussion. So Intuit's had all this time to fix the full version of Quicken. They have Quicken Essentials, which has been out for a while. They've had plenty of time to add the features back to Quicken Essentials. How much does it cost to hire a few more Mac programmers to figure this out? Intuit's a multi-billion dollar corporation. They can't hire some Mac programmers to get this together? No, they can't. Uh, I think they could have. They chose not to. And, in fact, I love that their recommendation is upgrade to the weaker Quicken Essentials with missing features or switch to Windows. I'm looking at their website, and that, these, are, these are your options. Quicken Essentials for Mac, Mint.com, or Quicken for Windows. Now, they don't mention that there is probably three, at least three that I know of, third-party apps that have the same feature set as Quicken with the exception of online bill pay, which nobody seems to be able to do except Quicken, not even Quicken Essentials. You, you but, have to um, wonder about that. What is so hard about implementing online bill pay? I believe the problem is that it's a big undertaking because you have to interface with thousands or millions of banks and not all of them use the same system. So it requires some, some tinkering. But sure, but that, you have the basic code structure from the PowerPC well, version. This can't be translated to... Well, the nice, folks, the nice folks that make iBank, they won't say we're trying to add that feature, but... From, from reading between the lines, I would say they're looking into it, and from what I understand, it's not that simple. But I think that you will see that appear on third-party apps, not buy into it, like 
iBank is one. Um, I just tried another one called C Finance, S-E-E Finance. That's also pretty cool. I don't. It doesn't have online bill paying yet, but it could at some point. And then there's always Money Dance, which has been around for quite a while, and is you know a lot of people really like it. It's got a lot of features. I, I find it kind of unappealing to the eye, but it's finance software, so I, I'm not sure that that's gonna that's gonna put it out of the running for me. I have to switch. I'm trying to upgrade all of my machines to Lion. I've had to keep one of them running Snow Leopard so I can keep paying my bills, but I uh, made an announcement in my column that I'm looking for the replacement, and at this point I'm looking at uh, iBank, C C Finance, and Money Dance. I'm also going to look at Quicken Essentials just so that I can compare it to the others because not everybody's going to say I'm never going to do business with Intuit again. But this is the second time I've been burned by Intuit. I seem to recall they discontinued the Mac version for a while. There's another thing, too, to consider. What about the bill pay site from your bank? If you go to their site, they have a bill pay feature. Well, I, Can't you use that? Yes, and I've been, I've been actually testing that because, of course, if I switch to iBank, C-Finance, or Money Dance, I'm going to have to do it that way anyway, or Quicken Essentials. And my bank, it turns out, their bill pay page has actually got more features than Quicken had. It just means that it's not all integrated in the same place where I pay the checks, you know, where I write the checks. I have to go to a separate website and do all of that there. And then once the stuff's registered at the bank, it gets imported into whatever finance program I'm using, so it's not like I have to retype anything or make any extra effort. And my bank, it, it turns out, uh, goes one better than using Quicken 2007, because you can actually direct many of your vendors to send electronic bills, which it will then prepare the payment for you automatically for the amount that's due and give you an email that says, hey, you got a bill from AT&T for your uh, cell phone. It's $166. Do you want to pay it? And you just click, you know, go to the website and click one button. Also, it's pretty easy to batch these things. So I can pay five or ten vendors with one session on the web browser at my bank, and that's not really that much of a hassle. I'm not that upset about losing online bill pay. Um, I'd like it. It's convenient. But it's the bank has done a really good job of implementing their version of it, and it's really not that onerous to, to have to go to a website to pay the bill. Do they charge you a fee, or how's it work? No, mine's free. I don't know if everybody's is, but um, ours is. My bank doesn't charge very much for. Uh, they don't charge for like anything. They're they're one of these banks that's got a. We want to be your bank, and so they don't charge for ATM fees. When I go to an ATM that's not in their network, I don't have to pay the three dollars. They pay it for me. Um, and there's no fees for checking, and there's no fees for online bill pay. So. It doesn't cost. It didn't cost me anything to use it inside of Quicken either, but it's not that big an inconvenience. It's a lot less inconvenient than I thought it would be because the last time I used my uh, bank's website to pay bills, their interface was horrible. They hadn't upgraded their system yet, and it was just ugly. This lets you do recurring bills. If you've got bills that are the same every month, you can automate them completely. You don't even have to do anything. I'll tell you what, if you have the money, um, this could be an interesting alternative and something that Intuit's losing out on. 
We have Bob Dr. Maclevitis for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. He's Gene Steinberg, and I'm not. Aren't you glad? Yes. Okay, you didn't have to say it that way. But Who am I? You are Bob, Dr. Maclevitis. Thank you. And we're talking about replacement financial management software. And yes. you're pointing out that a lot of banks, and you can name your bank. You want to mention which bank this is? Yes, I can. It's Compass Bank. Okay. I don't know where else they operate, but they're big here in Texas and in the south. Compass Bank is based in Birmingham, Alabama. They are. Right. And they have branches all over. They were taken over by a Spanish bank. Yeah, BBVA. They they merged, and they actually acquired some smaller regional banks first, and then they were merged into a Spanish bank. But the services has been, if not as good, even better, since I was a little concerned about, you know, what, absentee management, absentee ownership. You know, if they're in Spain, what do they know about what's going on in Texas? Well, you call my son. He lives in Madrid. <laughs> oh, okay. Tell him to go to the bank and tell them to uh, integrate online bill pay with uh, iBank or C-Finance for me, please. Okay, so right. we understand. The point being here is you may have alternatives. Check your bank and see yes. what kind of bill pay system they have. I don't know if they have like a generic bill pay system for smaller banks where they can just get the software, set it up, and that kind of thing. The bank is responsible if there's fraud or anything. The bank is responsible. The other thing that Quicken Essentials can't do is stock, maintaining your stock portfolio. Of course, nobody can afford stocks anymore. Uh, I, I look at my portfolio once in a while, but it's so depressing. Um, wait a minute. I have somewhere here... I have what can you and can't you do in Quicken Essentials, and I thought it said that it will track stock now, but I could be wrong. I'm looking for it again. I'm trying to find it too, but go ahead. I'm going on to Intuit's site, Okay. and I'm looking at, when you go to their site, it starts playing this audio I don't want to get. Didn't you hear it happen to me? I, I muted it very quickly. Okay. So here's what it says. I found it. Can I track my investments in Quicken Essentials? Yes, it lets you track your overall value of your investment accounts and the value of your specific holdings by automatically downloading from your brokerage. If your brokerage doesn't support downloading to Quicken, you can manually enter them, update the current volume uh, based on a 20-minute delayed quote, 
It will not, however, track investment buys and sells or some advanced investment performance reports if you need more advanced investment features. Our Quicken for Windows product may be more beneficial to you. Well, I have a few words to say, but then we return to the seven deadly words. Yes. I can say Windows sucks, though, and I don't want to use Windows. I had, I had one reader write to me and say, so why don't you switch to a Quicken 2010 for Windows? It works great. And the reason is I don't use Windows for anything else. And I'll be darned if I'm going to have Intuit bully me into using Windows just so I can track my investments in their software. I would think as one of his final acts, Steve Jobs would have called up the CEO of Intuit and said, get your stuff together. But I, I don't think he cared. I think that since so many people are switching to the Mac, I think Steve thought, you know what? He'll get his just, just rewards. Look at all the business he's going to lose. And, you know, I think there's some equity there. I think maybe Intuit will pay for this in lost business, and hopefully some entrepreneurial go-getters will fill the gaps. Like, I I like this uh, iBank. It's very nice. Uh, It's a modern-looking program. It's got a lot of the same features as Quicken, but uh, they seem to be very Mac-like. You know, they do things the Mac way, whereas I always felt like Quicken was a port from Windows. It always looked like Windows. I mean, the last version was a little bit better. They finally replaced the icons with high-resolution icons, but for the most part, it looks like a bad Windows port, and that always scares me. That, that means, to me, they don't care enough to do it right and you know, hire real Mac programmers and do it from scratch, and that's probably why there is no Lion version, no Intel version. Well, as I said, it's a multi-billion dollar corporation, they can certainly find Mac programmers. Maybe check with Adobe. Maybe Adobe's laying off some of their programmers as part of that company-wide slimming of the ranks. Maybe there'll be some Mac programmers who could use the work. Think about that. I would hope so, but I don't care what Intuit does. I'm done with them. I've, I've announced it publicly in my column. I'm switching to somebody else's. I'm going to look at Quicken Essentials so that I can uh, include it in this comparison for people who are willing to you know, risk being abandoned by their personal finance software company yet again, but I'm done. Well, you know, there are words to say about that, but the point is here... Can't say them on radio. Right. Screw me once, shame on you. Screw me twice, shame on me. That's correct. That is correct. That's the one we can say. Yes. All right. Well, okay, so there you go. By the way, Intuit also has a new version of QuickBooks on the Mac, So maybe they'll lose sales on that, too. After all, QuickBooks is not the only small business accounting program out there. What else is there? I've never seen the need for me to use QuickBooks because I don't really have that much business business. I mean, I'm a writer. I I get a few checks a month for freelance writing, and I I don't have a big need for accounting software. I just need personal finance. I need to track what's in my bank account and pay bills. Sure. So, you know, one of these personal finance things has always been good for me. But what else is there for um, for business finance? I know there used to be a couple, but I haven't really followed it. Are, are you a QuickBooks user? No, not at all. Not at all. All right. Well, I was just hoping you knew the names of some so you could mention them so people would have an alternative. But I don't know. Right. Well, there are programs. If you look at MacUpdate.com and you type in business finance, you'll find programs that work that way. So, for example, MYOB First Edge, for example. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Okay. Okay. That's another one. Accounts, 
bookkeeping and personal finance app. Okay. There are mm-hmm. programs out there. So, well, I found a bunch of personal finance, but I didn't really look at business finance because I don't have anything to compare it to because I didn't use QuickBooks. There's one called Business Accounts with a Z, okay, and it's a bookkeeping application. I don't know. That's awfully young sounding, replacing the S with a Z. I know. It's like the kids with the uh, abbreviations in text messages that you have to have translated. Well, maybe it's done for young businesses. <laughs> right. People who like Zs. That's right. And there's also a business accounting plugin, an application for FileMaker. There's also Account Edge. Okay. Yes. A lot of stuff out there. Okay. You're not saddled with QuickBooks Pro. And I guess some of these apps will offer to translate your data so you're not stuck. Well, that's the next thing I'm going to test is exporting out of Quicken 2007 and importing into Quicken Essentials, Money Dance, C Finance, and iBank. And I'm I'm hoping to run that story before the end of the year. So we'll have you come but, back but, on here, and let's talk about it, and let's see how you fared, and whether you found okay. the application it's perfect. We're talking about someone here who's basically a freelancer. You're in business for yourself. You get a few checks a month for writing, for books, for magazine articles, whatever. You know, you don't get big honorariums, you know, as, you know, so we understand that. And your wife is gainfully employed at some kind of job, right? Yeah, she's a registered Okay, nurse. so she's getting basically a regular paycheck. Right. Okay, so it's simple stuff, simple bookkeeping. Nothing really weird and wicked there, so it shouldn't be a problem. We'll have to see. Tell us about the stuff you've done and where we can find more from Bob Dr. Maclevitis. Well, Lion for Dummies, um... Mac OS X Lion for Dummies is out. Uh, it's available at Amazon and probably at your local bookstore. I also recently completed updates to iPhone for Dummies and uh, iPad for Dummies with my writing partner, Ed Baig. Um, they're all updated for the latest iOS software. In the case of the iPhone book, it now has all the information you need to know about the iPhone 4S and Siri and all the cool stuff. And those will be out. I think the iPad book will be out later this month and the iPhone book slightly thereafter, early December maybe. And that's what's been keeping me busy until about two weeks ago. Hey, glad to hear that somebody is busy. It was, it was a, I did five or six books in a row with no breaks in between. Even when I went on my summer vacation, uh, I was working on the iPad book. Hey, Bob Dr. Maclevitis, thanks for joining us this week on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Ray Perkins. A reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack! Attack! 
the Rockwoods is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockwoods, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Greetings again. This is John Swenson at Midas Resources, your source for gold and silver. You know, I have the same crystal ball that you have when it comes to what's just around the corner, but we both know that there's nothing on the financial horizon that looks very good. The single measure of good news is that precious metals continue to outperform everything else out there. Right now is the time to take a hard look. Pricing is more attractive now than it's been in many months. Historically and traditionally, this is when prices rise the fastest. They haven't and opportunities knocking. Please give me a call, 800-686-2237, extension 128. I promise you an informative, no pressure, no nonsense conversation. We might even have some grins. This is John Swenson at Midas Resources, 800-686-2237, extension 128. Just make that call. Thanks. Hi, this is Alex Jones. This holiday season, more than half of our nation is in need of help due to the shattered economy. So now is the time to express the holiday spirit more than ever. Consider helping those you love with the most important gift, a supply of delicious, easy to fix, and very storable foods from eFoodsDirect.com. Their holiday gift and family pack start at $99 for a 16-day supply. All their five-week supply of quick and easy-to-fix meals includes a personal backpack in case of a grab-and-go emergency. Order their combo gift pack and you'll save hundreds, plus get free shipping on your entire order. Call eFoods today at 800-409-5633 or visit them online at eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex to find the special. That's 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoodsDirect. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. Okay, let me tell you a story. When Apple did its migration of MobileMe to iCloud, well, I guess it's kind of continuing because MobileMe subscriptions will still exist until next year. 
But anyway, transitioning to iCloud had its problems, and I had an interesting problem for a while after that transition. Now, the first day, I couldn't get my mobile me email, my mac.com or me.com email. Okay, showed up the next day. Now, my web server sends out messages, status messages to me about things going on the server. I get a number of those during the day so I can keep track that everything is okay. But suddenly, in my mobile me account, it's being deposited in the junk folder. It's not, of course, Apple Mail, because if it's Apple Mail, it's going to be, what, kind of like a light brown colored, the message. It was black <laughs> message, okay? I go to the mobile me or iCloud account, and I say, this is not junk. But it's still junk, according to them. I went through two or three levels of mobile me email support and chat support to resolve the problem. You know, first they were telling me, well, our scoring system is rating this as spam. I said, okay, my server sends out messages to one person, me. So suddenly you think that messages from my server to me, the owner-operator of that server, is spam. They couldn't explain that. The problem finally kind of corrected itself, but they never had a solution. This is one of those areas where the only thing Apple did was force me to redo my password on the iCloud account because they wanted access to it, gave me a temporary password, then gave me the option to reset the password, but it wouldn't take my original password. Does this make sense to you? Well, it sounds pretty bad. Uh, and when Kirk McElhern says it's pretty bad, you know it's pretty bad. First of all, you weren't the only one who couldn't get email on the first day or the first couple of days. That was pretty much everyone, or at least everyone I'd been in touch with. But that went over pretty quick. In the first day, if you recall, you probably even had trouble making the migration or signing up or whatever. And it was a real cluster, you know what. But that resolved within about 48 hours. The other problem you have... I've seen things from people who've posted articles of uh, messages being counted as spam, which make absolutely no sense. And one person even suggested that political terms were being trapped for spam, but really couldn't prove it. Um, I wish, and, and I wish this back under Mobile Me. I wished, I wish you could turn off the spam filtering. I don't want to use it. I use a program on my Mac to filter spam locally, and. It just happens too often that people may send messages and they'll get trapped and there's no website you can go to to see if they're spam. I mean, unless you check your mobile me, your iCloud page regularly, you won't know that there's anything there. Well, the other thing here, too, is I do find here that their spam filter is inscrutable. There's no way to explain it. It's proprietary. There's no setting for it. All you can do is whitelist an email address, make it acceptable, or simply keep flagging it as not junk and hope that the spam filtering system they're using will get the message. And you have to do it on the web. You can't do it from mail. No. Because this is a server-side spam. This isn't, the, this isn't mail's junk filter. Make, people need to understand that these are two totally different things, that they're totally independent. Right. It's two spam filters at work. And the one that Apple provides for mail is not that bad. You know, I know there are third-party spam filtering systems. I don't bother, but frankly speaking, my own email is filtered on the mail server. So I don't worry about it. They do a pretty good job. Right. So I don't really concentrate that much. The key is here is Apple's support. You know, I hit him with something here they couldn't explain. Yeah, well, 
you know, the reason you wanted me on is because I got another story. But we can finish with yours first. Um, I'm, you know, I, I think Apple's tech support is very good for hardware. But once we get into their software services, and I'm not talking about Mac OS X, I'm talking about the services like MobileMe and iCloud, um, to a lesser extent iTunes as a, a storefront, um, I think they have a lot of work to do. But do, should we finish with your story first? There is no finish. Eventually, okay. the junk mail was no longer flagged as junk mail. My server mail was allowed to get through without being dropped in there, except for, I think, one more time over the next couple of weeks. Basically, the problem kind of corrected itself. And to make it even more confusing, I have a second backup server that also sends messages to me using the same system. Never had a problem. Right. Go figure. Go figure. Well, I'm going to tell you about my problem. Now, I synchronize – I have a number of email accounts. Um, I have my own web server, obviously, so I have an account there. I have accounts with a couple of clients I work with. And I have a mobile me or what is now an iCloud account. I synchronize this data using iTunes. If you connect an iPad or an iPod Touch or an iPhone, I don't use an iPhone, you can synchronize this from the Info tab when you've selected the device in iTunes Devices list. And you've got a section that says Sync Mail Accounts, and you click on the accounts that you want to synchronize, and it'll send the account settings and passwords so you can then check your mail on your mobile device. So that's fine. And it worked fine until... Um, iCloud came around. So two things happened. One of them, so I had a mobile me family account that gave me five accounts. My wife used one and my son used one and I used two. One of them was my normal account and one of them I used for my website to get emails from people who came to my website and to have an iDisk to sometimes provide files to people. When iCloud came around, I figured, okay, I don't really need this extra account. I'm going to get rid of the second uh, mobile me account, convert the first one, and change the email address on my web uh, on my website to an email address on my server, and just give up on the on the iDisk. And I did this. And so here's what I'm seeing now in iTunes. I'm seeing my new iCloud account. I'm seeing a number of other accounts, but I'm not I'm not seeing removed that additional mobile me account that I don't want to use, which I've deleted from mail. You know, all these accounts are in mail, and I'm not seeing another account that I added to mail for a client. So there's an account that I want to get rid of, an account that I want to add in this section on iTunes, and there's no way that I can see that I can do this. Oh, don't they make it so easy for you? In Apple's efforts to make things easier, they make it more complicated, right? Well, I don't know, because with MobileMe, at least you could reset all the data, and you could choose a computer that would be the master computer. Um, and so, you know, I would reset everything on my on my Mac, on my main Mac, and then I'd send it all up, and MobileMe would just replace everything. Here, what, what's supposed to happen is that this is supposed to, this data is supposed to come from mail. That's where the accounts are listed. They're in the mail accounts preferences. Yet, for some reason, um, it's not updating in iTunes. Again, there's an account that I want to get rid of that I've deleted in mail, and there's another account that I want to add that I've added in mail, and I have no way to get to them. So, so first I contacted AppleCare because I have AppleCare contracts for all my Macs. And very polite guy said, hey, you know, we really can't help you with that. Anything that's mobile me or iCloud is another service. Okay, so we're going to get so, Chapter 2 of this Odyssey, Kirk McElhern's Odyssey. If you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Out Live, write us, news at technightout.com. That's news at technightout.com. And one more thing, we have a completely updated forum at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. 
TechNightOwl.com. Check it out on the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with a WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Jason Lewis here with the holidays just around the corner. Be sure to consider the greatest gift you can give to your friends and family, peace of mind. That's why I choose wisefoodstorage.com. Wisefoodstorage.com offers delicious ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna, savory stroganoff, and pasta alfredo that are packaged for freshness in individual metal mylar pouches and carry a 25-year shelf life. And they're ready to eat in minutes. Simply add hot water. Request a free entree sample today at wisefoodstorage.com and for a limited time, get free shipping and 10% off of your order. That's right, a free entree free shipping and 10% off any order. Just use promo code LEWIS, call 855-FOODWISE, that's 855-366-3947, or visit wisefoodstorage.com, that's wise, W-I-S-E, foodstorage.com. Gourmet emergency food at the best price, and the greatest gift you can give to the ones you love this holiday season. Introducing a diabetes breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss. Is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Waiting for the side effects disclaimers? With MDS Forte, there are none. Order a 25-day treatment of MDS Forte by calling 213-405-5355. 213-405-5355. Or visit bestbloodsupport.com. That's bestbloodsupport.com for MDS Forte, a diabetes breakthrough. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. 
That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later... And the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. The Odyssey, but not the Ecstasy with Kirk McElhern. Talking about his encounters with Apple support and mobile me, you can't do it on the phone even if you have Apple Care. Yeah, you can't do it on the phone, and that's the thing. Then you have to go through their express, express lane service. You go to a website and you click through a whole bunch of things for them to try and narrow down your problem, and then you get someone who chats with you. And the person there told me that they couldn't do anything either. Then they gave me a contact for iTunes support. Now, iTunes support is the iTunes store. It's not the iTunes program. They gave me a contact for iTunes support, and I called this person. And first of all, she simply didn't understand what I was trying to explain because it's iTunes store support. And then she told me that I have to send an email to iTunes that they're the ones that keep the records of my email accounts. Now, this is clearly false because these email accounts do not go to Apple. These are stored locally. Um, This has nothing to do with actual mobile me or iCloud information. Um, And I'm still stuck. And And I'm still dizzy just listening to this. It's extremely confusing, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. And, and I posted something on my website, and I've gotten some comments, but none of them really work. And I posted something in Apple's forums, and I haven't gotten any replies to that either. Um, I don't think either people have never seen this problem, or they don't know how to resolve it. It seems to me that there's got to be some sort of a preferences file someplace. I looked through what I could find, iTunes and mail preferences. The mail preferences file shows the current email account, so... It doesn't have the one I deleted, and it does have the one I added. There's nothing in iTunes preferences. I even took some um, developer tools. There's a sync tool that comes with the developer tools, and I looked through that, but I can't see anything. I can't figure out for the life of me what I could tweak to change this. Well, I think Apple has to do something about the problem with support for services, especially free services. You're not paying anything for iCloud. But if you have problems... What do you do? You, As you say, you go to the chat, and the chat may or may not be able to help you. And quite often you have to wait a while to even get to the chat to get someone to answer. It didn't take me too long. It was only a few minutes. Um, but I think the problem is more that it's not always easy to explain a problem in writing like that. Um because of the sort of lag between when you send something and when the person responds and, you know, there's just a (sighs) – voice support makes it a lot easier. People can say, okay, stop, I need to ask you this question, and it's a lot quicker. I had an issue when iCloud came around that my iCal calendars weren't syncing, and I got very good support with that because apparently it was a known problem and did this through the chat on ExpressLane, and that worked kind of well. But I'm actually having another problem right now with iTunes. I bought two 
um, 50 euro iTunes cards at a local supermarket and the codes are no good and so I tried to redeem them and then I sent an email and 24 hours later I was told, well, it looks like the people in the store didn't activate the cards. Now, I don't know anything about activation. So I had to send, I actually have a copy of an invoice that the, the supermarket gave me and I, sent, I scanned the cards and I don't know what's going to happen yet. But this is a long, slow process, and I think that all of these things Apple needs to improve. You can argue that a free service like iCloud, they, don't, they shouldn't be supporting the same way. But it's not free when you consider that you've paid for a Lion, even if it's not expensive. You've paid for an iOS device and a Mac, and Apple is trying to sort of impose this service on you. So I think they need to do a lot better. It's, it's very different from MobileMe, where you chose to pay for it. And at least with MobileMe, you were entitled to get support, but even that wasn't so easy. I very rarely had problems with MobileMe, actually, because I early on realized that if you do have a problem, you can just reset everything. You recopy everything from your main Mac, it goes up to the server, and then you reset it on all your other computers or devices. And that always fixed pretty much every problem I had. Um, I never had problems with like Apple IDs or anything, and some people have had big problems with that. Well, the big problem with the Apple ID is, as we all know, the problem with the Apple ID is the fact that if you have several, it could be a mess, you know, because for my iCloud account, I'm using my MobileMe ID. For iTunes, I'm using the iTunes ID I set up, you know, eight years ago. Ages ago, yeah. Yeah. And they don't let you merge them. And do you know you actually can't delete an Apple ID either? You can't remove your data from Apple servers. I looked into this yesterday um, for this second MobileMe account that, I, that I'm not using anymore. I thought that maybe if I could delete it from Apple servers, somehow this would resolve some sort of problem. But there is no way you can delete it. <sighs> it's frustrating. We, again, we've talked about, you know, we've troubleshooting issues and things. And I'm generally satisfied with Apple's hardware support. When it comes to stuff like this, they just don't do any better than anyone else, I think. Speaking of Apple support, you have that smoking iMac. Whatever happened? Um, They won't do anything. They can't reproduce it. So I'm basically stuck with a smoking iMac. It hasn't smoked in a while because I haven't pushed the processors. See, So the problem is now that I have a computer that I can't use to its sort of full capabilities because I know what's going to happen. And you took it up as far as you could with Apple? I took it up to the top. Okay. And I got, I got an answer. I, well, in short, I sent an email to Tim Cook, and I got an answer from executive relations or whatever, and a very nice person um, in Apple's office in Ireland said, well, we can't reproduce it. We can't do anything. All we can offer you is to take the computer back, and this could take two to four or maybe six weeks, um, so we can do full testing. Now, all due respect, given what I've already lost in terms of time resolving this problem and the previous video problem um, when Lion came out, I'm not giving up my main computer for up to six weeks. I mean, they weren't able to tell me how long this could take. And they couldn't arrange, for example, to give you a loaner or a rental computer. No, they said they don't do that. They don't do that at all, I was told. I mean, I raised the question. I said, hey, if you can loan me an equivalent computer, I'd be more than happy to because then I wouldn't have to work on my laptop, which... You know, I have a laptop for that reason um, that if my main computer has a problem, I can still work. Um, but working on a 13-inch screen when you're used to working on a 27-inch, it's okay for a week, but it's not okay for a month or more. Huh. 
That is. So yeah, this hasn't been a good year for me in terms of Apple stuff. I would have just demanded a replacement computer. I've said, screw this. I'm losing money. I've had enough of this. Give me a new computer. Replace it. That's what I asked for. Okay. And they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do anything. They can't duplicate the problem. Now, when it happens, do you just smell it, or is there smoke coming from it? What's happening? No, no, there's nothing visible. I just smell it. You can't demand they send someone to your home office. No, they won't do that. They won't do that. And to to be fair, I have mild asthma, so I may be more sensitive to something like this. Um, And the technician who originally took it, um, he's a smoker, so he might not smell it. Um, And I don't think that Apple was sufficiently flexible to realize that there could be a difference in perception um, between one person who has mild asthma and one person who smokes and probably can't even smell a rose. Well, obviously your iMac is not smelling like a rose. What are you going to do with it? What's your resolution? Obviously you aren't going to just put up with something that is partly crippled. No, I'm selling it, um, and I'm selling it. The person who's selling it for me is a, a local guy who sells Macs and installs them, and he's going to make sure that the person who gets it knows what the problem is um, and knows that it's not reproducible by Apple and that it only occurs when it's really pushed to the max. So he's going to sell it to someone who just basically needs a machine to do you know, web and email and stuff like that. With the hope, of course, here that he won't worry about it. Is he going to take a commission on this or just do it as a favor? He's doing it as a favor. I bought computers from him okay. for years. Tell our listeners where they can find more stuff from Kirk McElhern. Well, as usual, you can go to McElhern.com, which is M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com, and you can see all my rants and raves about Apple support, and you can find me very often on Macworld.com, and also take control books. If any of you are doing the National Novel Writing Month Challenge, or NaNoWriMo, uh, my Take Control of Scrivener book is 50% off for the month of November, so TakeControlBooks.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, Gene. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition.
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black berkey elements for only 231 dollars and the berkey guy will ship your order free of charge with the purchase of a berkey light the berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only 39.99 that's over 30 percent off the retail price call the berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653 that's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com that's goberkey.com today What nutrition are you missing that's leading to the four major diseases? Cancer, arthritis, heart disease, and Parkinson's. There are at least 80,000 medical studies that show a lack of the protein glutathione to be linked to cancer, heart disease, Parkinson's, macular degeneration, lung disease, digestive diseases, diabetes, Alzheimer's, ALS, rheumatoid arthritis, and lupus. In all, at least 68 diseases. What is the number one food by which your body is most empowered to increase its glutathione production? It is undamaged whey protein from grass-fed cows. One World Whey is truly the first undamaged whey protein. All other whey protein powders are damaged by heat, chemicals, and filtration. One World Whey is the most life-giving whey protein powder ever produced. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. What happened, man? You used to be energetic, happy, and wow, did the ladies love you. Now, you fall asleep on the couch, irritable, and out of shape. Don't be that guy. Call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male, a natural supplement shown to raise testosterone by 50% and maintain healthy, normal levels. No injections, no appointments. With healthy testosterone levels, you can feel that energy again, that great outlook again, and yes, even a healthy sex drive. Right now, you can try Ageless Male risk-free. There's nothing to lose, guys. If you're a man who's noticed changes in your body, your mood, your sex life, call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male. Be the guy you used to be. Just call 1-888-246-0623. Don't wait another day. Just call 1-888-246-0623. Again, 1-888-246-0623. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Jeremiah Fowler, and he's from a company called Zeobit, which has a product we'll be talking about later called Mac Keeper. But he has an interesting personal story that took him to another part of the world. And before we even get into the product, let's get into the man. Jeremiah, tell us, how did you, as an American living in Washington, D.C., was it, get involved with a software company in another part of the world? (laughs) Well, first off, Gene, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. And uh, to start it out, well, when I first came to Ukraine, I came here about four years ago as a tourist, 
and I saw so many possibilities, um, even in the IT sector. This is within, I guess, like top 5% or something for outsourcing now. Um, and when I first got here, I worked a series of jobs doing, you know, public relations, basically putting, um, putting, putting the American eye on the, the foreign product. And um, I've always been interested in Mac, never really was a, a wizard, as you would say. And I ended up doing some freelance stuff for these guys and really liked what they were about. I liked the message and uh, believed in the product. And that's how I got involved and just through the course decided to stay and live in, uh, in Ukraine. Okay, let's talk about MacKeeper. What's it about? Uh, MacKeeper is actually a bundled application. And it's got 15 different apps that do everything from uh, antivirus to anti-theft. We have, um, you know, a shredder, a data encryptor. could go through all of them, but basically what it does is it helps you utilize all of the major tasks that you would do and puts it in one interface where, you know, I mean, you could uh, have maybe 15 different programs spread across your, your Mac but none of them are going to work in one interface and give you the flexibility that MacKeeper does. Well, how did MacKeeper come to be? How long has it been out? Actually, MacKeeper started, uh, these guys started five years ago with the Vision, and then about three years ago, the company came to be. And, you know, yourself, with, with individual software, it's kind of hard to sell it. But when you bundle it and give it real value, such as the lifetime support, uh, the antivirus, and, of course, the anti-theft, that's where your real value comes in. So altogether, as MacKeeper, it's been around for about three years, but in the past year, it's really taken off. Now, let's look at the overview here, because this is partly an antivirus product, but we don't have much of a problem on the Mac with viruses. So where do we need this? Well, you know, people often think that Macs are invincible. Um, I guess roughly Windows makes up about 91% of the market, Linux 4, and, and Macs estimated at 5. You know, there are threats. There are vulnerabilities. Um, most of the bad guys tend to focus on the 91%, not the 5. But, you know, Macs are, are by no means uh, invincible. Just uh, this summer there was, of course, the Mac Defender outbreak, uh, recently, there's one that um, that uses the Flash Player and tries to get in. You know, of course, there's direct ways to email. So they're not invincible. And are we glad our- that Adobe is giving up on Flash for the mobile space? <laughs> and maybe we can hope that there will be no Flash for desktops, too, in a few years. I'm glad you said it because I thought it. <laughs> well, so- we've been saying it on this episode of the show. We'll be saying it again with our next guest the guy from Roughly Drafted Magazine, Daniel Aaron Dilger. Anyway, another feature is anti-theft. Find your stolen Mac. Tell me more. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. When uh, when I first came on here with Zeobit, uh, that was one of my favorite things because, it, you know, like if you, and especially with a Mac, you know, you're investing big money into a real product. And, you know, with the anti-theft, it just gives you one additional tool to protect yourself, to protect your computer, protect your personal files. Uh, with the anti-theft, what it does is um, when, when you install the MacKeeper program um, and your Mac is stolen, you, from another computer, get onto your Zeobit account and you click, my Mac has been stolen. 
And the next time that your Mac goes online, generates a report, gives an IP location, gives an IP address, and then it takes a photo. So it takes uh, takes a snapshot. Nine times out of ten, when you see that snapshot, you, you probably recognize the person, unfortunately. Um, but what it does is it gives you one additional way that you can protect your computer, give that to the law enforcement authorities, because in the United States, the IP provider is more than happy to give the personal information of who owns that IP address, and, and you know, law enforcement can take it. Um, and, you know, it, it's just one added benefit that for 39 bucks could help you get your Mac back. Now, this is kind of the desktop version of what Apple does with their Find My iPhone. But, of course, Apple has no solution on the desktop for something like this. Do you know of many cases where people have lost their Macs and found them this way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we have a couple of those stories. And, of course, we, I personally would love to promote the heck out of them. But, uh, you know, we're not really allowed to release the pictures of, you know, some of the people because, you know, you're, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> but there was uh, one really cool case that happened uh, about a year ago. A uh, musician, American jazz musician, went to Amsterdam, and there was a group of criminals who would basically do the distract and snatch, where somebody dropped something, a woman you know, needed help, and they would scoop up the bag and roll out the door when the metro stopped. And, of course, they took his bag, took his Mac. He lost, you know, all of his, you know, he thought his personal information was gone forever. Um, contacted us, said his Mac was stolen. We generated a profile, got a picture. And uh, when he turned it over to the local authorities there in Amsterdam, they were able to actually recognize the criminal and match it and go pick it up and, and got his, uh, you know, got his computer and data back while he was still there. Wow. So, um, and a funny one, actually a very funny story about getting the Mac back is uh, we got a, a report that the Mac was stolen. We generated the report, took the snapshot, and the guy, the guy calls us laughing and said it was a picture of his roommate and his computer was in the other room and his roommate was checking his Facebook. Well, I guess he looked for a new roommate after that. <laughs> well, no, I guess he had permission, but, you know, the guy came home after a long weekend or, or, or what have you and thought it was gone. Well, so therefore, it may be the spouse, it may be your roommate, it might be somebody that you know. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's a neighbor, it's someone, uh, you know, unfortunately, crime uh, crime has the seven degrees of separation most of the time, and, and with this tool, it gives you just one additional protection that you can use to, you know, to, to keep your data safe and your Mac safe. I guess it could be kind of wacky if you have a situation where you have dueling spouses. So one spouse takes the other's computer and starts looking for maybe access to porn sites or dating sites, evidence for a divorce hearing. It could be pretty complicated, can it? Well, as far as that, we don't, uh, you know, I, I guess we don't really go on that as much, you know, because nine times out of ten people will click it for accident and we'll follow up and say, hey, did you do this? Um, but, yeah, I guess that would fall along more the lines of like a, a spy program or, you know, the, we, we don't really get into the key logging or anything like that. That's, that's more of the, the, the black world. <laughs> The black hat world. Right, we don't want to get into that. But anyway, okay, so another feature, of course, is the ability 
to help you find your lost Mac if it's stolen, especially when you have a situation where you're carrying your MacBook Air, which is so thin and so light, it weighs two and a half or three pounds, and you're at the airport, and somebody distracts you for a second, and your Air is in the air in terms of disappearing. (laughs) Yeah, really, you know, it's a useful feature. And, you know, like I said, any Mac product is a premium product. And when you've spent and invested that kind of money into a product, just anything that can give you an additional protection is always a good method. Well, that's just one of many features we'll be talking about. And Jeremiah Fowler from Zeobit is going to be with us for another segment to talk about data encryptor, backup, undelete, all the stuff that MacKeeper does. It's a fascinating program. Puts everything in a single interface, and you don't have to look for 26 utilities to get it done. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And a reminder also, we have updated our forums. Yes, we have. If you could go to forum.technightowl.com, that's forum.technightowl.com. We've got a brand new forum software we're working with called Zenforo. I don't know where the Zen comes in, but it's done by a couple of guys from the UK has great integration with your Facebook and Twitter accounts and Google Plus and all that stuff. Just go to forum.technightowl.com. Check it out. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Jeremiah Fowler joins us. He's from Zeobit, the parents of Mac Keeper. And it's going to help you keep a lot of things on your Mac. You have a data encryptor. Now, how does that compare with, like, Apple's new File Vault? Oh, well, with the File Vault, um, I guess what, what that is, it's a standalone. Well, with the encryptor, how it works is it makes your personal data invisible in the hard drive. Um, you can use a password, and the data cannot be retrieved through the finder through the terminal. Uh, you basically hide your data, create a password, and you just click the hide button, and it's that easy. Your, your data is safe, it's secure, your banking information, personal information, if you have medical records, anything like that. The data encryption is a really useful tool that 
even if your computer's stolen, chances are no one's going to be able to get in and un, un, undecipher those messages. Okay, so how do you find it if it's hidden? <laughs> well, that's easy. You get into uh, to your MacKeeper application, uh, click on the icon. All the icons are laid out easy and simply there. Click on, it asks for your password. And what that does, that's your door. So when that opens, it translates it back, and you can access your files there. So basically, it's like the Invisible Man. It is the Invisible Man for your Mac. Well, that helps. You can't even see the file in this case. No, it's yeah, totally yeah, hidden. If you, yeah, if you went back in and searched for the file, no one would be able to find that. And, um, and then, of course, it's password protected, so you, only you would be able to get back in and get it. One feature interests me, in addition to that, called Undelete. Now, we've had these on the Mac over the years, not so much with Mac OS X, but what this means is, say, you accidentally delete a file. You throw something in the trash, you empty it, you're not thinking, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Tell me about Undelete. Yeah, what Undelete does is basically, you know, if you think of your disk being kind of like an old vinyl record, you know, when they print it, it, it actually prints to the disk. And that space and that data, even if you drag something to the trash can, remnants of it are still there. You know, it's, it's well known, like, you know, forensic science and, and in uh, law enforcement, they can repair data, bring stuff back long after it's been gone. And with the undelete, if you delete something, immediately drag it to the trash, realize it's gone, you can say, whoa, that space is still available and it's still there. And what this does, the undelete is goes back and kind of pulls that image from that disk and repairs it from there. Now, it should be noted that, you know, if you realize it two months later, chances are that space has been rewritten and you're never going to be able to, to get those files back. So the key is if you delete something, basically the file system is saying this space is empty to write new data on, but it's still there if you catch it in time, you can get all or most of the file back. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Now there's also a backup utility. And in this case, of course, we have a system backup time machine. So what does this do that time machine doesn't do? With this backup, you can schedule your backups. You can uh, back them up to USB flash, external hard drive, FTP. And we have a new product that's coming out soon called Zeo Disk. And we can get into that a little bit later. Um, but with the backup, it just basically gives you one more easy function in a simple user interface to back up your data at any time. And it just creates, you know, a separate copy of it as well. With your time machine, you can go back and set, you know, you can pull things back from a date and time. This makes an actual copy anywhere that you want on any format that you want. Okay, do you do, as they say, clone backups so somebody can have a backup and then restart from that backup? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so this is very important because this way... If something happens to your main hard drive, you don't have to go through the restoration process with Time Machine, which is a mess. You just boot on your other hard drive, for example, and then you're back to work. Yeah, it's pretty useful, you know, because even if you have just a hard drive there and you want to back things up for the day, you, you, you have a mirror image of it that you can always go back and repair. Okay, we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to just kind of cover some of the other features. You have cleaning features maybe just cover them give a quick overview well, yeah there's with the cleaning features you know anything on a, on your mac over time data builds up there's little fragmented files there's all sort of things so the more that you can clean your mac 
of course, the faster it'll run, the more efficient it'll be. And with our cleaning features, there's little things like um, language cutter, logs cleaner, duplicate files finder. Our duplicate files finder is a great feature because often you'll download something, you'll save it with a different name, and this can even find the, the duplicates even if they have a different name. And, of course, you can go through manually see what's what, but it really helps to clean up a lot of you know, data, a lot of disk usage that if you didn't use MacKeeper and see everything in one window, you would have to scan through files individually. And saving time is probably the, the most important thing. We live in a digital world. We all have digital lives, and that's what MacKeeper does is, is give you back your digital time and your digital life. Also, the uninstaller. This is something which can be very difficult on the Mac because if the application doesn't have an uninstaller and it puts stuff around the hard drive, not just in the applications folder, but everywhere, then you need yeah, help. You're cor- yeah, you're correct on that, Gene. It, uh, you know, wherever the application file is, it's spread around in several different files. And um, with our uninstall feature, it basically goes and finds all files that are associated with that and then just completely gets rid of them, which is, like you said, not the same as dragging them to the trash. If you drag them to the trash, little remnants remain. This kills them forever. Now, I want to get into one more feature, which is part of so many things that MacKeeper does. The Geek on Demand. Who or what is the Geek on Demand? Yeah, the Geek on Demand is a a really cool feature for our subscribers. And what it does is we have a few of our senior tech guys here who just go and communicate with, you know, with our subscribers and answer questions about things that aren't really related about MacKeeper. If they're having a problem with any Apple or Macintosh product or, you know, they have a printer problem or or anything like that, the Geek on Demand will basically provide them with a, a solution from a tech professional, and it doesn't cost any additional money. It's all included in the lifetime license. Okay, so where do we get a copy of MacKeeper? Yeah, you can check out MacKeeper uh, at MacKeeper.com. Um, you can get a free trial there or just go ahead and purchase for thirty nine ninety five, and check us out. It's a really good program. And Zeobit is coming out with some new things in the future. We have Zeodisk, which is going to be our free cloud storage solution. And we have PC Keeper coming up soon. So stay in touch with Mac Keeper and Zeobit and good things to come. Okay, Zeodisk. This is for iCloud, you say? Well, actually, it's, it's our own separate project that we were. It's, it's a member of the Zeobit family that we've been working on for over a year, probably a year and a half. And it's cloud storage. But the difference compared to many of the other cloud storage solutions is this will be free. So we have a free option where people can share files, backup data, and it should be, should be really good. Is this just for Apple's iCloud or other cloud-based systems? Well, this is going to be our own separate uh, cloud system. It's, going to be, it's actually called Zio.net is, is where it's going to appear. And the Zio disk is going to allow people to use a free cloud feature where, you know, the iCloud and, and some of the other ones, uh, you know, they're, they're a paid service, and this will really open up the storage solutions for a lot of people. So you're setting up your own servers then? Yeah, yes, that's correct. Wow. So suddenly in five years from now, you'll have huge server farms around the world. Well, that's what we're hoping for. We have a family of products, and, and we're always looking to, to expand the ideas, expand the technology, and really 
you know, improve our users' digital life. You also have some Windows products, but we don't have much time to mention them. Can you give me the name of the products? Yeah, that's the PC right. Keeper, and that will that's uh, that's going to be available here soon. Right now, we're getting it ready for launch, and when PC Keeper when PC Keeper comes out, it's going to utilize a lot of the same useful features to to be able to use one interface for many tasks that need to be done on your PC. And that means the ninety one percent of people out there who still use a PC. Sorry about that, folks. They'll have an option. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Okay, so this is MacKeeper.com to check out MacKeeper. Get the demo, and if you like it, buy it. Get a license. Jeremiah Fowler, special thanks for joining us this week on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you, Gene. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with a WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Are you wondering about your retirement portfolio? Are you confident that the financial advisor is experienced enough to combat climbing interest rates, taxes, and inflation? Stop guessing and go to the expert, Robert Chapman of the International Forecaster. When you subscribe to the International Forecaster, you get Robert Chapman's 45 years of experience and concise investment recommendations. Who needs sugar-coated excuses when you can get the cold hard facts and proven investment leads you can't get anywhere else? For a free introductory copy to Robert Chapman's International Forecaster, Subscribe now at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. Experience the difference. When you subscribe, you can email Robert Chapman directly to obtain investment advice tailored just for you. Don't wait another minute. Subscribe today at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. That's 877-479-8178. Survival of the fittest. In any and all situations, survival is your number one priority. That requires being tough and thinking smart. And the folks at Freeze Dry Guy are going to help you do just that. They have a long-range patrol ration entrees, what they call the Brick Pack. When you're in survival mode, it is absolutely the best item for your survival pack or bug-out bag. You can go farther, faster, and carry more food with the LRP cold weather ration entrees. Not only do these long-lasting, durable entrees help sustain you or your family through the harshest environment or situation, they are by far the most delicious of their kind. No contest. With a variety of tasty entrees, you can't beat the LRP Brick Packs. Let Freeze Dry Guy help you in your survival situations. Go to freezedryguy.com. That's freezedryguy.com. Or call 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-FOOD.
You can't argue with success. And many people have found great success in fighting back colds and flu viruses with Ali C, the world's best garlic extract. So now, it's time to get even more success with the other great quality natural products from Affinity Health Products. Like Sea Energy Liquid Vitamins, Lose and Snooze, and the One Day Diet. Or Human Growth Hormone Support, Menopause Specialist for Women, and Joint Specialist. See these and many other quality Affinity Health products for men and women online at AffinityHealthProducts.com. That's A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y HealthProducts.com. Or call in your orders at 877-888-7126. That's 1-877-888-7126. Trust your health to the makers of Alley C, the world's best garlic extract. Affinity Health Products, the finest and most innovative natural health products available. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightall.com that's news at technightall.com and don't forget you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightall.com get in on all the action that's forum.technightall.com we have Daniel Aaron Dilgriff, Roughly Drafted Magazine my friend the cutting edge commentator who writes also for Apple Insider now there was a story a week or so ago, I don't know if, Daniel, you read it, doesn't matter, where someone's trying to create a non-existent battery gate scandal over the fact that after the release of iOS 5 from Apple for the iPhone 4S, the new one, and for, of course, the iPhone 4 and some other products, battery life took a die for some people. He tried to make a scandal of it. Of course, Apple's now released the 5.0.1 updater that fixes it. Why do they do things like that, these commentators? Well, I mean, it's pretty clearly an attack on the the most popular thing out there. There's always, I mean, it's like Antenna Gate last year, and there's always a, a big flap about something trying to in, invent a problem because it generates page views. But what's interesting is that actually Apple actually addresses these problems kind of rapidly. Battery life is known to be a problem for Android phones, and it always has been. It's so bad you have to manage your apps. It's a serious problem that doesn't have a simple fix that you can put out a, an update. And even if you could, Google can't roll out an update to all the phone users. They, the majority of phone users, according to Google, are still using Android 2.2, which came out last summer before iPhone 4. I mentioned this, by the way, in my columns, that there's no guarantee when you get an Android device that you'll ever get an update because the update has to be pushed by the carrier and the carrier has got your two-year contract they don't care somebody just recently made a chart showing looking at all the android phones sold in the u.s. and the majority of them are sold with an old version on it already and most of them spend all of their contract life on either a generation behind or sometimes two generations behind the latest version of android it's not like you can walk into your cell phone carrier store and say update me or can you? Well, I mean, there, there are some options for some people on some phones where you can go and find a website and, you know, find somebody who's made a package that incorporates the latest Android release for your phone. In some cases, that works. In some cases, um, in, in, in most cases, it's kind of a hack. It's If it was easy to distribute, usually the carrier would be doing it. Also, the other, uh, problem, is, the other problem being that the carrier 
where the handset maker may manipulate the theme or user interface of Android. They'll use it as the basis for everything, but they'll add their own custom stuff. So you're not getting a pristine Android. So if you download and install this pristine version of Android, suddenly you have a different product. Yeah, that's interesting because with Android products, like, for example, Verizon, you know, they have their own apps they put on the phone. And one of the, they've always done that for all their phones. And one of the unique features of, that Apple pushed was saying that the carriers can't do that. They can't push their own apps on the phone. They can make a unique app that works with their phones that, that people can get from the App Store. But they can't change the iOS software. So they can't put on apps you can't delete. They can't uh, change apps or take apps off from the iOS what that's really done is made the experience better for Apple's customers. And everyone talks about how Android is full of options and choices, but it's really not because there is nobody really pushing it. There's there's no equivalent to Apple. Google doesn't push things like that. Google doesn't form uh, partnerships with the carriers that says, hey, we're going to give you this great phone, and if you're going to carry it, you can't put a bunch of junk on it. They say, do whatever you want. So it's really the opposite of choice. And if you want an update, we can't give it to you. If it's a security update, we can't give it to you. If it or, fixes or, bad battery life, we can't give it to you. And if you look at the the releases that Google has made over the last, over 2011, right up to what they call ice cream sandwich, all the 3.0 releases of Android were closed source. You couldn't get the source from it. They were trying to push it towards tablets, which pretty across the board failed. But they actually made it so the open source community can't get the code and package it up themselves. So the whole premise of Android being open is phony. But on, on top of that, I mean, the, the core problem here is battery life. Android phones have terrible battery life. And part of that is because it's, it's kind of like the PC thing where you have one company making the software and one company making the hardware, and it, it doesn't integrate well. So you have all these different companies that if they controlled the whole thing, they could dial things in and optimize it better, but they're not because they're relying on Google's software and some of their own software. And, and there's so many different models. It's not like there's one Android phone. There's tons of Android phones. So there's unique problems with each one. So it's very much like the, the Java phones that they replaced, the Java ME on Linux phones that everybody was selling before Android came around. Each one had its own unique stuff. If you wanted to run some, some Java app on it, it might work, it might not. Maybe there were bugs in the specific version of java on it and it's just it's just a mess and google changed the name of everything but they didn't change the underlying problems in the mobile space okay so we have a situation here where if you have battery life problems on your android device you can't get the update but maybe you can kill a process you have to have a special utility that can kill a process well you can do certain things that will make it less likely to have a problem and before apple releases 5.0.1 update that I haven't looked in to see exactly what all it does, but there's certain things you can do on any phone to minimize how much battery it uses. You can turn off things that run in the background. You can turn off notifications, things like that. You can turn off GPS. Um, so you can you could already kind of poke at the iPhone to change it, just like you can poke on an Android phone. But Apple has a lot more control over what it can do for users and can find problems and solve them. And battery life is kind of a complicated problem because everybody has their phone configured slightly differently and uses it differently. And, I mean, there's getting to be a lot of third-party things that um, the way they work together, it creates kind of complex problems to troubleshoot. But Apple has spent a lot more efforts in trying to create the structure that makes 
those kind of problems manageable. Yes. Whereas Android is wide open. You can put any, you can have an app that does pretty much anything. You can have apps that run in the background, and a lot of them do. A lot of them are doing spyware in the background. It's just a free-for-all. And so it's very difficult to solve problems on Android. Sometimes having freedom is not a good thing. Also, it costs more for wireless handset makers and wireless carriers to support Android because there was a test or a survey indicating that when they call with a problem with an iPhone, the first person you talk to mostly, almost all the time, can solve your problem or at least lead you to the proper direction. But they have to do frequent handoffs for Android to other people, higher-level support to get things solved. There's a lot of architecturally complex problems in Android. And if you compare that to Windows Mobile or you know Windows Phone 7, what Microsoft's doing, Microsoft has recognized that an Android-style model, which is kind of patterned after Windows, is not going to work in the mobile space. So what Microsoft did is copy Apple. They didn't try to copy Windows on you know, Windows Mobile again. They worked very hard to build something that was very much like iOS. Same thing they did with the Zoom. They tried to make it like an iPod, not, not a place for sure type thing. And so they have the same kind of closed store. They have the same kind of, a lot of the design decisions are the same. They're trying to manage updates and stuff themselves, doing, doing it centrally. And in some respects, Microsoft appears to be doing better in running its platform. It's just the problem is that nobody cares. No one's buying their stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, we do care when it's Daniel Aaron Dilger presenting his commentaries with Gene on the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with Organicaseed.com. Easy because Organicaseed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to Organicaseed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. Organicaseed.com. Remember, Organicaseed is healthy seed. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. 
Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. As we age, we lose both strength and muscle mass. Undamaged whey protein from grass-fed cows is nature's most powerful food to gain back lost muscle. Virtually all whey protein powders or drinks have been damaged during processing or are high in sugar. This damaged whey causes a significant loss in the ability of the body to build new muscle proteins. The high sugar content will stop all the benefits of your growth hormone from causing muscle repair. By giving your body easily absorbed, undamaged whey free of added sugar, you may be able to gain back lost muscle and strength. One World Whey is truly undamaged whey protein powder free of added sugar. Both young and elderly are reporting increases in muscle strength and size without any additional exercise. Go to OneWorldWay.com, that's OneWorldWhey.com, to read or hear some impressive testimonies to this effect. Or call 888-988-3325, that's 888-988-3325. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Daniel Aaron Dilgriff, Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. So now consider, ladies and gentlemen, when Steve Jobs had this famous or infamous blog entry saying that Flash should be toast, it causes bad battery life on mobile devices, poorly performing, it's buggy, it's malware prone, etc. Adobe cried foul. Adobe has thrown in the towel. Tell us more. Well, there was kind of a whole interesting story about Flash. When the iPhone first came out, people immediately asked, will this have run Java and will it run Flash? And Apple's original answer in, in you know, the first part of 2007 was no on, on Java and maybe on Flash. Because they were looking at seeing what would work and what wouldn't. And it became increasingly clear that there was really no reason to run Flash on the iPhone because anything that it was valuable for could be worked around. So Flash does have some, it has had value over, you know, throughout the second half of the 90s and throughout the 2000s. There was some value in using Flash to account for deficiencies in the web browser. HTML didn't do a lot of things that Flash kind of patched. But it was very much a patch. It was, it's a plug-in to the browser. And plugins are not ideal. There's a number of reasons why plugins are not a great way to add features to the browser. They basically make a, a browser inside the browser. And so when you deal with Flash content, it doesn't work like a regular part of the web page. It works like Flash content embedded in the, the browser page. So you can't print it. You can't interact with it. 
and contextual menus, it, it works differently. You can't bookmark something in a bit of Flash. And it kind of ended up being the standard for doing video on the web, in part because Google used it in, in YouTube, and in part because everybody had pretty much Flash installed on their PC or Mac. It was easy to get. And so it made it at least a conventional, not ideal way, but it made it a fairly uh, predictable way to produce video on the web. You could wrap it in a Flash player and it would work. Whereas if you try to do raw video, it's kind of difficult to get make sure that it works in everyone's browser. It was a lot more complicated. So by the time the iPhone came around, Flash was useful at video, and a lot of people were using it to do animation on the web. When you go to a, you can either go to a whole site that's all done in Flash, which is usually a pain, or there's some sites where it has like Flash elements on the page, or sometimes a little application like little games in Flash. But none of those things are very very valuable. And so when Apple brought off the iPhone, uh, by the time it got to release, it was pretty clear they weren't going to do Flash because a it's a it's a lot of work to get it done. Secondly, if you, even if you could get a Flash player to work, it wouldn't do all the things you wanted to do because the Flash player that works on PCs requires lots of battery. I mean, it requires a lot of power. It requires a lot of processing, so it requires a lot of power. So when you move that into a laptop, it's, it's eating up your battery. When you move it into a cell phone, it just doesn't work at all. It, it's completely inefficient, and it's also it's just a, a kludge because you're instead of dealing with HTML, you're now dealing with something embedded in the HTML. It's just closed binary. And I wrote a lot about Flash before, when, when Steve Jobs wrote that Thoughts on Flash, it sounded a lot like my articles, <laughs> because he was just spelling out what the problems were. And everybody knew what the problems were. But there's all these pundits that were trying to suggest that Apple wasn't doing it because it was an engineering problem that had very little payoff. They were portraying it like it was some sort of dramatic you know, Steve Jobs was doing some eccentric decision that he hated Adobe, which was ridiculous. Well, you know, let's put it in perspective. He has not felt warm and fuzzy towards Adobe for reasons cited in Walter Isaacson's best-selling biography. So, like, in 1999, he wanted Adobe to build a new Mac version of Premiere, and they wouldn't do it, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he's had some concerns, but Flash is not necessarily something that reflects some kind of vendetta. Everything he said is something that a lot of us have said. And the other issue is, I remember posting this, and I know Adobe reads my columns, and I suggested to Adobe, you think you can make Flash run on an iOS device. You are iOS developers. Prove it. Do a demonstration. Never happened. Well, yeah, and... It was not really Adobe that was saying that they could do it. Um, you raised kind of two things. One is uh, Steve Jobs and uh, Adobe weren't always seeing eye to eye on things. Well, that's true, but you know Steve Jobs wasn't seeing eye to eye on things with Microsoft or you know all these other companies. Apple and HP were competitors, and yet Apple partnered with HP. You know, when the, with the iPod when it first came out, um, Apple has always partnered with Microsoft on Office. Apple has partnered with Adobe in promoting its Creative Suite stuff. Apple was one of the last, I mean, well, there's only two PC platforms, really, but Microsoft stopped putting Flash on it on Windows long before Apple stopped putting it on the MacBook Air. So, I mean, to suggest it was, you know, personality, to suggest it was a, 
like a political action instead of a, this is a technically stupid move. We're not going to do it. That's the problem. So there are all these pundits that were saying, oh, Apple could do it if they wanted to, but they're just not doing it to hurt everybody. And they're suggesting that other platforms could run Flash because you had these little Java phones that had Flash Lite on it, which is not really Flash. It's something that was created because you couldn't get Flash on a mobile. And when Adobe started talking about, yes, we're going to get a mobile player, I think that started in 2009, the iPhone was already a couple years old. And Adobe couldn't get it out. They tried throughout 2009, they tried throughout 2010, and at the end of 2010, they started releasing this, you know, kind of beta for Android and promising it for other platforms that just didn't work well. It wasn't ideal. And they haven't been able to do it. This is a situation where Adobe threw in the towel to admit that they tried to develop this thing, and it couldn't happen. They could not make it happen. Well, they got it to the point where it sort of worked. So there's a difference between making something work and having a good outcome. So you mean you can make something sort of work, but is it practical? And without, without iOS, if Apple, you know, if, if Apple had never had, if, you know, if Steve Jobs had waited around for Adobe to get this on, if, if the mobile player had been installed on iOS, it's very unlikely that Adobe would have stopped making it. Because that's, you know, they paid billions of dollars for Flash. Um, So, yeah, they didn't want to stop making it. But the reason they had to stop making it wasn't because they couldn't get it to work at all. It was because it didn't make any sense at all because the majority of the 60-plus percent of the market, 80% of the web market, really, is running iOS. And you just can't sell something that doesn't work on most devices out there. So we have the iOS, but also most Android products still can't run Flash, even the beta version. That's that's true, too. Yeah. So basically, the mobile version of Flash that Adobe developed only ran on the BlackBerry playbook, of which four people bought that, and a few of the Android smartphones and tablets. That's it. Very little support. And the, the hue and cry from Adobe came primarily about the iPad. They knew it couldn't really work on the iPhone, but they were hoping that with the iPad coming out, they really saw the issue of I mean, what they wanted Flash to do is in addition to doing video, they also wanted it to be kind of a, a delivery mechanism for magazines and things like that. And the iPad was very clearly something that was going to just take over that space. And so they were really putting out this huge thing about, hey, we have sort of a beta player. We want you to put it on the iPad. And Apple was like, no, we don't see any reason to do that. And so that's when Apple, when Adobe started freaking out about it. It was over the last year. And Apple, you know, that's that's kind of the context of Jobs writing his thing, saying this doesn't make sense. Why would I mean, part of what he was saying that wasn't said was, why would he put it on the iPad if it did not going to work on their other devices? Why would we want to, like, support something that's a bad idea on part of our platform? I mean, it's just getting to be stupid. And by that time, most of the reasons for wanting to use Flash were already covered. So if you want to use Flash video, now you can use HTML5. Video. We have Daniel Aaron and- Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. 
We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Storable foods, check. Water filters, check. Gold and silver, check. Tactical gear, check. What's missing from your survival checklist? An essential that should not be taken for granted. Storable vitamins and nutritional supplements. Since many foods do not contain the essential micronutrients your body needs, you need Survival RX, the world's first ultra-long-term storable vitamins and nutritional supplements. How long? Survival RX products have a shelf life of up to 30 years, thanks to triple nitrogen for guaranteed freshness, go to survivalrx.com for our complete product list, including powdered milk and whey protein isolate. And remember, November is Nuclear Disaster Preparedness Month at survivalrx.com. With every order until November 30th, you will receive a free bottle of potassium iodate. Just enter coupon code RADIO. Go to survivalrx.com. That's survival, the letter R, the letter X.com. Add survivalrx.com to your preparedness checklist today. With new financial dominoes falling each day, do you know who really runs this country? This is Alex Jones with a special message about the gangster economy. Folks, if you're lucky enough to have a little money set aside for a rainy day, this could be the most important message you'll ever hear. I want to tell you about an exciting new book that reveals how to keep the gangster economy from murdering your money. That's right, murdering your money. Learn about the 14 vicious dominoes of destruction set to unleash hell on earth for savers and investors. Learn the 11 ways to play gangster economy judo and win. Learn how to beat the bad guys at their own game. Learn ingenious ways to profit in the new gangster economy. To read more about this amazing new book, don't wait. Go to gangstereconomy.com. That's gangstereconomy.com. Don't let the bad guys destroy your money. Go to GangsterEconomy.com. Warning. This content is powerful and may cause others to reject your knowledge. If you want to know what happened to America, if you like cutting-edge information, if you need to convince someone that something different than what they believe is actually taking place, and to experience the true history of America you won't find anywhere else, get the new book, Satan's Show. Satan's Show is a hard-hitting look at what many know as the Antichrist and proof of a mind-control agenda. Learn how America was tricked into entering World War I and get over nine hours of audio and over 700 reliable web links. Satan's Show is available in ebook and audio downloads. Click the special offer for $14.99 and you'll receive both, plus Operation Northwoods on audio free with purchase. Download today at satanshow.com. You will be shocked. 
You will be amazed. Satanshow.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. This is our wrap-up segment on the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg, our guest Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. We started talking about the iOS 5.0.1 update that fixes battery life issues and a couple of other things. And now Flash, the death of Flash on the mobile platform. Adobe is pushing Air, which supposedly lets you wrap a Flash product and make it into an iOS application. Now, for a while, Apple prohibited that, then they relented. Yeah, I'm not sure what was all behind wanting to open it up, but it may have been um, the appearance of, you know, I mean, Apple's trying to do things that are in the best interest of itself and its customers, and some of the things Apple could do uh, could appear to be anti-competitive, blocking out alternative things, uh, alternative ways to make apps, for example. Um, Apple didn't want Adobe to have a flash generator that just dumped out poor quality um, apps that weren't optimized, apps that were designed to run on flash and just kind of like translated as loosely as possible to fill space on the iOS app store. They didn't want a bunch of junk happening. They didn't want someone going out and just taking all these junk lit apps and pushing them into iOS apps and trying to sell them and having customers be irritated with the fact that they ran their battery down and didn't work very well. And so Apple said, no, if you want to create iOS apps, you have to do it using our tools and, you know, make something that was actually a good app. And that that doesn't benefit Adobe because Adobe wants to sell its own tools and wants to keep people doing Flash development. And so there was kind of a complaint about, is Apple doing something that is, you know, preventing competitors from selling their product? And then there were, there were other kind of more legitimate Things like if you're building a game, for example, you don't want to build it from scratch on iOS when you have when you have a functional gaming engine that works on you know some kind of third-party middleware platform that you could port over and quite rapidly make a game that that doesn't have the same kind of optimization problems works pretty well. And so Apple's kind of tasked with how do we make rules that allow good development and still prevent people from just doing automated junk. And so it's kind of a difficult problem to flush out. And so kind of after it blew over, they the kind of said, okay, so we're, we're going to relax these rules and try to make it possible for people to do whatever they want while still kind of keeping quality up. So it's kind of a complex problem, but there's a lot of complex problems. A lot of them relate to engineering that the media turns into kind of this dramatic posturing of big personalities, which is kind of stupid. It's got to be like a wrestling match. You have yeah. the good guy and you have the bad guy, and Apple's the bad guy and Adobe's the good guy, rather than the reverse. Yeah, it's much more interesting, I think, to just see what the actual issues are behind things. It, you know, it's very much like politics. Instead of having, instead of saying, you know, I'm for this or I'm for that, you have people saying, oh, I'm for freedom and choice, and you know, no, you're not. You're, you're not for freedom and choice. <laughs> you're for benefiting your constituents. It is your but, freedom you know, of choice with your product not someone else's. You want to kill the other product. But look at the long and short of it, because we're getting near the end of this segment of the Tech Night Out Live. 
Is this the beginning, the really the beginning of the end for Flash on the desktop platforms? As you say, with Microsoft, it's an optional download. You install Windows, you need Flash, you'll get a warning when you try to play a Flash video, you'll download and install it. Same situation on the Mac now. So when does Flash go away? Adobe surely knows its future is limited. Well, Adobe's saying there's a couple more versions of Flash on the desktop. Um, it's interesting they also killed it off on other platforms. So, like, Google TV was using Flash a lot. This, all, this makes Google look really bad because Apple was pushing HTML5, and Google comes out and, you know, in competition to Apple, says, oh, we're, we're all behind Flash, such a great idea. Clearly, it's not a great idea because even Adobe is saying, no, this is not going to work. And so Google is left with a lot of strategies that were based on Flash. And at the same time, Google was complaining about how proprietary H.264 was because it's openly licensed and you have to pay royalties on it. It just makes them look really hypocritical because on one hand, they're supporting something um, that's proprietary and closed and tied into what Adobe does. And on the other hand, they're, they're saying, no, we want we want to control everything and it should be free. I want everything to be open. Well, which is it? And so now the kind of one of the strategic pillars of Google TV is collapsing under the weight of Flash as well. Okay, so do we think that in two or three years, very, very few people will be using Flash? Well, the thing that's going to kill Flash and the thing that is killing Flash is HTML5. And Adobe itself is making tools, taking... There are some things you can do with Flash you can't do with HTML5 yet. Uh, it's a developing standard. Google, what, or, or what, um, what Adobe is saying it will do is take those technologies and bring them to HTML5. And while that makes it open for everyone to use, Adobe can still build the tools to build open content using the features that it created. And so it's, it's going to be a gradual thing of um, open stuff replacing Flash. And so it'll just be increasingly be... I mean, the reason how, how Adobe kept Flash alive is they kept adding features to it and requiring you to download a newer version. So you go to some website and it says, oh, you need to do, download the new version of Flash. And so you would update that, and now you can... Now Adobe can sell people a new version of tools. With, the, with HTML5, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You don't have to update a tool. It's just as your browser comes out, as new versions of the browser come out, they have new features. And so Adobe isn't really in the same business model having to push this stuff out to people. It just, it'll be Apple and Google and other browser makers that are adding the sophistication to the browser itself. Okay, so Adobe has to just sell the apps. Now, the other thing is here, Adobe, for the second time in two years, has laid off a bunch of people from the company. This time, 750. Two years ago, it was 680. Is this part of the realization that some of their strategies are just not working? Well, clearly, yeah. I, and it kind of comes down to what um, kind of a, a vision of the future that either they got wrong or they can't, don't have any control over. I mean, there's there's two ways you can make the future work the way you want it to. You can either uh, pre- predict how things are going to go, and if you're a small company, you have to predict what's going to happen so you can benefit from it. Or if you're a company that has a lot of influence, like Apple or Microsoft, you can make things happen the way you want them to. Apple pushed out... Safari and WebKit and rapidly deployed HTML5 features to the Internet. And Google helped in that with, with Chrome 
and it's now on every mobile browser. You have these kind of features. So you increasingly don't need Flash. And that forced other companies like Adobe or uh, Microsoft to abandon their, um, you know, Adobe, Microsoft had Silverlight, which they were positioning as kind of a, an alternative type of Flash. Now they're seeing that they have to do the same thing. I mean, they, they realized it before Adobe, but um, because they had less success in the plug-in market. But there's, now everyone in the, in the industry is really talking about how do we benefit from HTML5. Apple got it right from the start because, A, they did what was kind of the correct thing to do in terms of kind of technology and engineering. It's a much better solution. You can do a lot of things a lot better. You can optimize for hardware optimization. I mean, you can optimize for rendering stuff in hardware a lot easier if you're using open standards as opposed to if you're using a plugin that keeps changing and you're having to deal with a third party to make sure it keeps working. And so, I mean, Apple made the right decisions and they ended up kind of in the right position to be able to benefit from the transition. Okay, well, let's transition this. Where do we find more of the stuff that Daniel Aaron Dilger does? I write for AppleInsider.com, and I have my own blog at uh, RefleyDrafted.com. I haven't been writing a lot lately, but I'll have to get, get on that. We'll push him towards writing more. You can find more of what we do at TechNightOwl.com. That is TechNightOwl.com. TechNightOwl is our name at Twitter. TechNightOwl at Twitter. Also, check out our other radio show. It's called The Paracast, about UFOs and things that go bump in the night such as the 1897 Airship Mystery this coming weekend. If you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us, news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And one more thing, we have a completely updated forum at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Check it out. To Daniel Aaron Dilger, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.